1: everybody. Welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie, and I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for listening however long you've been here. If this is your first podcast, then welcome, welcome, welcome. And if this is your 200th podcast, then even a bigger and happier and healthier welcome to you. I'm so happy you are here. I've been doing this for about six years, and it's really just a labor of love And sort of just my passion project but along the way I've met so many really wonderful people and today will be no different. I'm going to be talking to a beautiful soul named Kelly Morgan and she has a PhD and she's just super expert at fixing our lives so that we can be we can stay busy but we can optimize and live happier and healthier lives so that's that's my little teaser for our guest. Before we get to the guest, let me just give a little teaser uh, about our sponsor, which is Blue Planet Eyewear, and they are the most awesome company. They make readers, which I'm wearing right now, and sunglasses in so many different styles and so many different magnifications of their readers and their sunglasses, and they give back to... People all over the world who need vision care but might not be able to either afford it or have access to it. And they work through really awesome organizations, nonprofits like World Vision, C International, and, uh, you know, everything is eco-friendly and they're just really cool guys. Shout out to Matt. He's always checking in with me. And I just love this company. So check them out, go shopping. And if you need anything, be sure to use the code Connie20 and you'll get a nice 20% discount. So today we're going to talk about being too busy for our own good. Does anybody else feel like that? (laughs) I have so many balls in the air. I don't know about you guys, but I teach yoga. I'm an actress. I do voiceover. I write children's books. Um, what else? I feel like there's always something that I'm missing. Anyway, yeah, I'm a wife and a mother. My kids are grown, so I don't have a whole lot of responsibilities around that anymore. But I have certainly filled my time. Um, oh, I also mentor an EFM class, which is education for ministry with my, the Episcopal Church, and I'm really enjoying that. And um, I do this podcast. It goes on and on and on. And this morning I taught a yoga class, and one of my students came up to me and she said, you know, you're really busy. Should I worry about you? And I was like, you know, I don't think so. I don't feel really busy. I mean, I keep a lot of time in my day for um, activities that are meaningful to me. Like, I get up in the morning and I make sure that I you know, start my day with a little yoga meditation prayer. I really center myself so that my day, I kind of set the tone for my day. I I really try to do that every day. Here I am defending myself to whoever's out there. (laughs) But right after I taught my yoga class, I did have to go for my very first MRI. I feel a little bit like a wimp talking about this, but I was scared to death for this MRI. And um, I think maybe I need to talk to Kelly today because Um, I think perhaps this MRI should have happened a long time ago, but I kept putting it off probably because I do have so many things going on in my life. But let me just tell you, maybe you can relate. And if you ever have to have an MRI, maybe you can uh, get a little inspiration from me. So I walk into this place. I'm pretty scared. My heart's beating pretty fast because it's just, I've heard so many things about MRIs being so enclosed and that whole claustrophobia thing, which I really am not sure if I'm going to if it's going to affect me. So pretty Jenny was my technician and she could not have been nicer. Shout out to pretty Jenny. She, she was young and pretty and she was so, Encouraging, And she told me the MRI would take about 15 minutes. And I was like, okay, I think I can do it for 15 minutes. I had just done yoga. I was was Zen. I was in my, you know, kind of happy place. And she asked me, pretty Jenny said, what kind of music would you like to hear? And I thought that was cool. So I said, James Taylor. That would be nice, right? We all like James Taylor. So then she escorted me into the room and I saw those big dreaded machines. Have you ever seen an MRI machine? Oh my gosh, they're huge. I asked Pretty Jenny for an eye cover because I really did not want to see. My husband had been teasing me all week about how close the machine actually comes to your face. I don't know. For those of you who have actually been in, there are a couple of inches. But I took the eye cover and I never even saw it. So there's my first tip. Ask for an eye cover. (laughs) A little eye patch. It'll cover up both eyes and keep you from having to see how close that machine actually is. So, yeah, I think my husband actually enjoyed taunting me about that. Thanks, honey. So then she had me lay down on the table. I was looking up at this puffy clouds in a blue sky on the ceiling. I'm sorry. That was cute, but it was not going to work. I was still frantic a little bit inside, although I didn't let pretty Jenny know. So I put on the eye cover, and then she gave me some earplugs because what I had also heard was that the machine was super loud. What's up with that? So... Again, I'm thinking, what a wimp I am for being so nervous. I'm just going in there for my shoulder. And so many people have had to have MRIs for many more important, you know, things. But anyway, um, so the earphones go on. They're supposed to drown out the noise of the machine, which, by the way, did not work. (laughs) Why does this machine have to be so loud? Seriously, we need to work on that. So I came in uh, on the on the tail end of Let It Be, and I thought that was a little ironic. It was a cover. It wasn't the Beatles, but I was really too anxious to be able to figure out who it was. But as a yogi, I thought this was so funny, and I had to smile at the irony of the song Let It Be. So I, I did try to lean into that and just let it be, and I tried to slow my breath. I could feel my heart beating really hard, but I slowed my breath. Let It Be came to an end, the machine starting to get louder, I'm moving a little bit back and forth, and then I heard James Taylor sing that familiar line, won't you look down upon me, Jesus, you gotta help me make a stand, remember that? <laughs> icy fire and icy rain. Oh yeah, I almost forgot to pray, so I said a little quick prayer, right? I noticed I was still smiling a little bit as I let that playlist that Jenny chose for me kind of unfold. My breath started slowing, my heart rate a little bit slower. Pretty Jenny had warned me, warned me that you don't want to move or it could take longer. That is no bueno. I did not want to move. So I, I was so still. I was not going to let that happen. So listen to Fire and Rain. And I started thinking, okay, we're two songs in about. Uh, so I only need four songs, maybe five at three minutes each. Yeah, I can do this. The noises got louder and louder. I lost a verse or two of Fire and Rain. And then James, my friend James, started singing You've Got a Friend. Ah, when you're down and troubled. (laughs) It was so comforting. And then in my mind, I'm going to Carolina, one of my favorite James Taylor songs. And I just thought about North Carolina, how I grew up down there. And by the time I had gotten almost through, in my mind, I'm going to Carolina, Jenny came through the speaker and said, just three more minutes. And I'm like, yes, this isn't so bad. (sighs) So I decided for the last couple of minutes, I would actually try to be present in this MRI, as unpleasant as it was. Could I be in the body? Feel my feet, feel my legs, my hips, my belly. And then I thought, no, you don't want to relax too much because you might twitch. You know, when you fall asleep, sometimes you twitch. Ah! Then I heard pretty Jenny say, we're all done. She was very cheerful and sweet. And I said to myself, what? Why was I so nervous? Why did I put myself through that? It wasn't that bad. But here's the thing. I had some shoulder pain about three years ago um, after a couple things happened. I had been teaching a boot camp class, and I think I was kind of over using um, my biceps and my um, shoulders and overcompensating, and I just, I, I did not go to the doctor, and I should have, but I was super busy. I had, in addition to everything I mentioned, I was also teaching this boot camp class, which I enjoyed, but not good so let's bring in the expert and maybe she can straighten me out so this never happens again but um, if you do have to go for an MRI just remember get that eye eye pillow eye cover so Kelly Morgan is a PhD she's the author of you but better stop making your health so hard and Kelly believes there's an easier way to make sustainable and manageable lifestyle changes She has a proven program for busy, high-achieving women like all of us who want to gain control, and men, I'm sure, who want to gain control of their health and use it as a tool for continuing to lead their crazy lives, our crazy lives, and achieve some big dreams. And she's good at a lot of things. Kelly, can you help, please? (laughs)
0: Uh, I would love to help. First of all, I am a serious MRI veteran.
1: You are?
0: uh-huh. I've had eight concussions and a fractured skull. <sighs> <laughs> and I have had no pretty Jenny in any of my situations. <laughs> no Ann covers, no James Taylor, just, like, MRI inches from your face. With It sounds like you're in a construction site. MRI right.
1: hell, right? Yeah.
0: It's horrible. So I, I feel you, and um, I'm proud of you for going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But I did. I put it off for too long, and I think – you know, who knows? I haven't had it read yet, but hopefully it's nothing serious and it, it can just, you know, either heal with some PT or maybe I need a little quick surgery. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's talk about um, being too too busy for our own good and our own health and why that's so um, topical today. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one who has a lot of balls in the air. Um, I, I'm thinking specifically about young mothers, um, What do you have to say about that, you know, just as a broad opener?
0: In general, um, I I specialize in women, but I will be broad, broad, broad for just a moment. We are all juggling lots of different things in our lives. There's this sort of new way of living and earning, which is the gig economy, like GIG. And, you know, we're doing things like we feel like even our extreme full-time jobs aren't enough. So, we have to have an Etsy shop or we have to do something else right. or these little things along the side. Then you add in that these people that I work with, these overachieving women, they tend to have high power jobs. I, I live in the DC area, so they work on Capitol Hill, they're lawyers, they're, you know, these incredible things that are long hour types of jobs. But they also either have a significant other or a family. And if not that, they have a dog that they have to get home to. They volunteer. They have social lives. They have to go drink their rosé on a patio. It's (laughs) everything is, you know, and all these things are wonderful. And I am not, I am not here to tell people that busy shouldn't happen. That is unrealistic. And you know what? If we could all go on a meditation retreat for a month, that would be cool. But guess what? We can't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We'd also go nuts. So I, um, with the idea of busy and all of that and trying to be healthy, I realized in my own life and with my friends who are also these really like overachieving women and the ones that I help through my health coaching practice that the lifestyle is not going to change. For better or for worse, we are busy people and it's kind of just how the world works now, even considering that we are never offline we're always connected. So understanding that probably the lifestyle is not going to change. I employ something that I learned in yoga teacher training, and you probably learned this too when you did your teacher training. Mm -hmm. The idea that you are exactly where you need to be right now. No matter what your status is, how busy you are, how you feel, this is where you should be right now. And maybe it's a challenging time. Maybe you are Exhausted and had to go have an MRI. <laughs> you're right. Maybe you're at that point where things have slowed down. But wherever you are, you're exactly where you need to be. And first, make peace with that, with your mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's when we can start making little tweaks. You don't need to overhaul your lifestyle, you don't need to become someone else. It's you are already who you should be, where you should be.
1: That's that's a level of acceptance that, um, if we can actually get there, and rest with that um, in our bodies and really sit with it, that can change everything. I really can. I mean, I learned that just through grief work. Um, I lost a child, and that was really the first thing I had to do is say, "Okay, there's no way I can change this. This grief is here." now how do i be with it how do i learn to accept and uh, you know and it took me a while but yeah that level of acceptance that we are right where we need to be that actually makes me exhale just when you said that
0: exactly and you know i find it much more helpful than especially when you're going through a hard time with grief or high stress situations i find it more helpful to think about this is where i'm supposed to be right now other than you know when when someone says to you, oh, that's just, you know, it's what's meant to be and, you know, things happen along the journey and all that stuff where you're like, oh, shut up. It's mm-hmm. the truth that, you know, hearing that stuff doesn't help, but how you said, you know, it just kind of makes you exhale to be like, all right, this is where I'm supposed to be. And things aren't all sunshine and rainbows all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they are with, you know, unicorns galloping through, but <laughs> sometimes they're not. And that's okay. Sometimes you don't feel how you want to. You don't look how you want to. You aren't where you had hoped to be in life. But you can't do anything about that. So let's take control of what we can do things about.
2: Yeah.
1: And even sitting in that MRI, I did find that pretty Jenny. (laughs) She was a little (laughs) consoling to me. I was like, oh, she's so nice. She's going to be my girlfriend through this. And, you know, she really did help me. And I tried to find something to be grateful for in that moment. And it kind of helped a little bit. And James, um, sweet baby James, he always helps. So, (laughs) all right. So let's talk about you a little bit before we go any deeper with this. You've been there, right? You've, you've been... Uh, through some stuff I was on your website and you share share quite a bit so you have in addition to your uh, many degrees and trainings you've you've been there personally right you want to talk about that a little bit oh boy have I um when
0: I was in I I was a high school and college cheerleader and very serious about it and you know it it didn't take the place of academics of course those were always first in case mom's listening (laughs) but cheerleading was my identity. I was an athlete, that was my thing. And I'm also a problem solver and pretty logical and efficient. So I've always been very tiny. And that was, you know, just something I had always known to be true about myself. Well, I tell you when things that you've always known to be true change, no matter what it is, it kind of rocks you and it's a turning point. So my first point of always Knowing that I was the tiny one was my junior year of high school when I hadn't particularly grown much. I was still (laughs) was still below average, but in cheerleading, you know, you're you're a projectile. You're supposed to be light and you know aerodynamic.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But there's nobody lighter and more aerodynamic than the freshmen and sophomores coming in because they're children. Right. I realized, oh shoot, if I want to stay literally on top of everything. I need to be lighter. It doesn't help to be better because you know, it just doesn't work that way. So one day I was home with my mom, we were playing Uno and it just hit me. I was like, well, this is a super easy problem to solve. Stop eating. Mm -hmm. So I did. And um, I'm pretty good at sticking to things. So I was very successful at the anorexia. Mm. (laughs) I did a very good job of making myself extremely sick. Yeah. Yeah. And I made it through last two years of high school, um, got into college. I was so very honored to be on the University of Virginia's cheerleading squad. It was the only school I wanted to go to since third grade. I wanted to be a cheerleader. I wanted to be an English major. And that was how it was going to be. So luckily I've become more flexible since then, but I knew that was all I ever wanted and it happened for me. So I kept finding, all right, so to stay at the top of my game, I can't eat. So I didn't, if I went out to parties with my friends, I didn't drink. I didn't, you know, dining hall, I tracked everything. Uh, (laughs) A friend I was talking to yesterday called me a calorie account. And I was like, that makes it sound really nice, but I was obsessed. And so I did my first year of cheerleading, football and basketball, best year ever, except for the part where I had starved myself so badly. And which is not very helpful when you are in a college sport where there's conditioning, you're walking miles on grounds every day to your classes, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: your body can't do it anymore. So my body started to break down around the time that we were having tryouts for the following year for cheerleading. And I knew I was in trouble. I finally realized this is not sustainable. And I mean, shoot, I made it almost four years of doing it. So kind of surprised it was sustainable for that long. So my parents, I'm very close to them. They came down to school. They, UVA is in central Virginia, and they're about, that's about two hours from where we lived. So my parents came down and we stayed in a hotel room together. They nursed me through tryouts with Pedialyte and was forcing me to eat something and said, the only reason we're doing this is because we know that you can't take any more change right now. However, whether you make it or not, you're not coming back to school unless you go to therapy and you figure this out over the summer. So I was like, well, shoot. So I went to tryouts. Miraculously had a flawless tryout. However, my best friend had called the coach, and she told her everything. Wow. And because of my illness, because of the liability I'd be, I did not make the squad again. I was devastated. This was another turning point where everything I knew to be true changed. Hmm. So I got help. Um, it took a long time. That mindset doesn't go away. Even if your behavior changes, you still have that brain. So every day is a challenge for me. I, I make everything way too hard when it comes to my health, which is why I am on a mission for women not to do that. Yes. I try to cut it off before it happens. So I've been recovered for 15 years now, but fast forward a lot to the next point with my health where everything I knew to be true broke down. So doing my PhD, my last semester, I was given a grant through the university to stay home and not work in any way, which I'd been doing through my program, and just finish my dissertation. That sounded really cool until I was faced with writing a dissertation. And that was <laughs> yeah. my only job. Yeah. So it was about the same time when Domino's came out with cheesy bread. And the only thing that I wanted to do was eat and watch TV. So while I'm here writing this dissertation on, you know, women's health and motivation, I'm here like, you're such a fraud, you're so gross. I'm like, oh, cheesy bread, you're so disgusting. And I gained a lot of weight. I gained 40 pounds, which would be a lot for anybody, but it's a lot for someone small. So I didn't even know who I was anymore. By the time I graduated and was out there trying to help people, I felt like a fraud and felt awful. So that was, I. It was devastating because like I said, you still have the anorexia brain, but the behaviors don't match. So it was like every day I woke up being like, you are horrible. You're disgusting. What is wrong with you? Everything changed though, when I did yoga teacher training and yoga, as you know, has just this magical way of helping you find the good in your body and helping you just kind of come into yourself. Mm -hmm. So I had been a group fitness instructor and a personal trainer for years on the side before that. And none of those had done for me what yoga had done. So at that point I realized you might be overweight, but not a single person cares, but you
2: handle it
0: and stop beating yourself up, which was a daily fake it till you make it stop beating yourself up type of thing. using my program that I use for other people and for my students that I teach at a university professor. So I use it on students. I use it on clients and I used it on myself. So this program helped me finally get back to who I knew myself to be. And I didn't feel like a fraud anymore. And that was when I went full time. This took, this took years. It was when I then went full time with my business and now I only health coach and I, I'm a part-time professor
1: and adjunct now mm. so that's so awesome <laughs> kelly i mm. i so appreciate that you just shared that story for a couple of reasons one i think we don't share our stories enough especially in areas like where we both live near dc and people are so driven and women are so competitive women and men everybody's so competitive and driven and um like you said, going 100 miles an hour. And so to share your story and to be so honest, it just frees everybody else because everybody's going through something, right? Um, and then also just the idea that you, what you have been through and your acknowledgement that this human being, being a human, <laughs> takes... Yeah requires a lot of patience and and it has been a real journey for you and you acknowledge that. I mean that story sounded like it happened over the course of a couple of years but like you said it was 15 years and you know going through everything and and, and yet you, you want to give back. Like you reach this point where you're like yeah I can share this information and really help somebody because originally what were you an English major at school? You were not
0: yeah major. I a, yeah i've taken a wild ride through education i really yeah. like school so yeah an english major, got a master's in english got my phd in health communication and then this past december i finished up an mba and i'm officially finished
1: cool so cool. But- cool well for now right so what do you teach at the college level what do you teach
0: uh, i'm at george mason university which is the largest public university in virginia mm-hmm. and it's it has been the most wonderful thing it's I've been doing this since 2011, and I teach in the health and sport management department. So I teach health promotion, health communication, and sport man, or sport communication. Cool,
1: very cool. <laughs> <think> <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. You've had quite a career. So now you're you're applying a lot of what you've learned from this broad area of knowledge. And how are you working with um, especially women um, to help them? Kind of get to that place that beginning level of of acceptance and then move forward from there to live healthier more balanced lives
0: since my ladies tend to be logical and direct and straightforward that's usually if you're an overachiever you have some some element of that. I have a very somehow like loose but structured way of doing things, so I use essentially a project management framework, hence the MBA. And I help women, first of all, we need to get the lay of the land. So we need to be analytical about what does your life look like? Where are you using your time? What is draining you? And then we take those things that are making you so busy and so just overwhelmed, which is the basis of everything I found in health, how your lifestyle works. So we do that, then we divide it up into your dread list, which are the things you hate, and if they disappear, that would be a blessing. And then the things that you love to do. So, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that going out with friends is on the love-to-do list. For me, I'm an introvert, and it's kind of on the dread list. Yeah, yeah. We lay out all the things that are on your list, period. What do you spend your time doing? And then pluck out from there what absolutely has to be done from both of those lists. And then you start... The rest of the dread list, you see, can you get rid of it? Can you make it more efficient? Can you make someone else do it? So can you get grocery delivery? Can you um, get maids? Two things that changed my life, by
1: the way. I'm with you, sister, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have to be honest about it. And then the things you like to do, you have to decide, You know, are these takey, are they, are they enjoyable enough to take up the time? Like if you like to cross-stitch, totally, that's great. Or if you like to plan things out, but it's taking up so much of your time and the reward doesn't really match all the work, then we need to talk about it. So it's an odd place to start as a health coach, but I find that once we can understand that lifestyle, that sort of underlying what's going on, where are we going to fit in changes, that's the first step. And then with that, we start to do what a lot of my ladies who are not also yogis start to uh, say, hmm, Kelly... I have them visualize. I have them start to visualize just openly thinking about what, what was the last time they felt great. And the answer is really different for a lot of people. Some of them, it was their wedding day when they were pregnant and things that shocked me others, you know, it's the stuff that I would pick, you know, like 23 years old. Mm-hmm. So I have them get back in the mind of themselves at that time point, where they last felt incredible, just all around incredible and get, have them sort of re, re re-meet that woman. And then I do a visualization where they go and meet their future selves five years from now, three years, whatever it is, that's enough of a difference. And, you know, the ideal version of themselves and then spend some time kind of in this visualization, talking to future self and figuring out what got you there. What does our house look like? What do they look like? What are they wearing? And the visualization, though it's kind of woo-woo for my people, it gives that data that is really hard to get otherwise. Mm-hmm. So once we have all this information about your current lifestyle, what, when did you last feel good, what do you wish would happen, we start to fill in the gaps of how to get there and start to create a plan. So I help them create that plan for how to get there, and it's very individualized, even though... The system's the same for everybody. It looks different for every single person. And then because there's so much busyness and this type of person tends to overanalyze, I give them only what they need to know about fitness, nutrition, maintaining their energy, stress management, those four things. And then they're off to the races, experimenting, working towards goals, adjusting. And it seems to work out really well to have the flexibility to feel some relief but also the structure of this is the plan. This I wrote the plan for myself and I can change it for myself. So as a coach, I'm kind of there to help them through it. It's almost like, it's almost like how a therapist kind of <laughs> reflects you back to you. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's how it works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's so different. I'm sure every, every single person has a different plan oh. that you work with. Um, Real change, as we know, takes time, and as we mentioned earlier that the, the patience that's required of us just as human beings to to live out this life in a good way in a in a um, healthful and uh, balanced and I don't even know if balanced is a great word because <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> I mean satisfying way that you know leads to more joy and more uh relational healthy relational um experiences um, and all the good things you know the all the good things how long does it generally take to start seeing you know where you have that i i've had this several times I've like oh yeah i've been doing this like i i went i decided i wanted to be more vegetarian i do eat some fish and some eggs but i Several years ago, I changed uh, my diet and um, I had a real aha moment, a real epiphany one day when I was like, you know, I really feel good. All of a sudden, I'm like, I really feel good. And it it took me some time to really say, oh, yeah, right. I've been doing that for a while, right? I mean, how long does it take for us to really and what's realistic for us? Like, we really have to be tenacious if we want to create some changes, right? Well,
0: for what you're talking about with the dietary part, I find it takes one to two weeks with the dietary thing. And I'm not talking weight mm-hmm. loss here. I'm talking about feeling. feeling
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Your energy, like your skin starts to look better. Mm-hmm. You just feel it's just enough that you're like, huh, I do feel better. Just enough to notice it because we also, for some reason don't give, our, give ourselves much credit we forget all the hard work we've done, and then we minimize it. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. You just automatically minimize what you've done, and you're like, oh, yeah, I do feel better.
1: Yeah, and that's why it's nice to have a companion or a coach to kind of remind you that, yeah, you've been doing this. You've been doing the work, right? Exactly.
0: I mean, for physical stuff, um, I would say there's a really rough period. If you've been sedentary, there's a really rough period for about three weeks when you start working out again. But you know, though you're sore, though you're tired, you feel kind of a spark after about three weeks where you're like, this isn't bad. I kind of like it. And then you start to say, okay, I feel really good. Okay. Yeah. All right. So about three weeks is the point that I find for starting a fitness program kind of from zero and those who most of my people are already active so they don't really notice that it's just being more intentional mm-hmm. about being active.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The mental part, though, here's what stinks: it takes longer than the physical part to really kick in, right? Like you don't, like I said, you're always discounting what you've done, so you don't realize things. You're not looking for it. You've immediately forgotten all the hard work. It's, I haven't had children, but I've heard that there's something that happens to women where you have a baby, it hurts. It's painful. It's long. It's arduous, but not much longer later. You've like totally forgotten this and you want to have another baby. Yeah.
1: It's so <laughs> true. It's so true. Cause the joy is just so intense, but it is, it's like the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows, especially my, uh, one of my, my cousin's daughter, shout out to Sarah. She's like 40, <clears throat> 41 weeks almost. And she's really getting ready to pop. So I know she's been posting on Facebook. She's like, so ready. This bun is ready to come out of the oven. <laughs> oh, so hopefully it'll be any day. But um, yeah, it's those those last days and some of the other uh, things that are so hard, the lack of sleep. You sure forget about it. You sure forget yeah. about it. It's
0: something that's just in our brains. <laughs> I yeah. think there's just something wired for the childbirth that we tend to do after yeah. Any type of hard work or accomplishment, especially those who accomplish a lot, where you're or you're even just like, what's worse is if I did it, anybody can do it. That type of mentality, where we forget how special we are too. So we discount everything, the hard work we've done, how special we might be. And with that, we tend to forget about accomplishments in that same way that we forget about how much work it was to be pregnant and have go into labor. Mm
1: -hmm. So there's
0: just something in our brains where we need to keep being reminded. So that's why I have people track. Um, I, I don't make them track to the point that I did where I was the crazy calorie accountant, but track at least feelings or whatever preferred measurement. I mean, weight is a measurement, but I find that using a measuring tape on certain parts of your body is helpful because you can actually see that difference that, um, The measurements go down, you change clothing size. And a lot of times what I work with women on doesn't, it's not weight loss necessarily. Weight loss is often a result, but most women tend to come to me because they don't feel energetic anymore. And I thought that was interesting because obviously, I mean, with my brain, I'm always like weight loss, Mm -hmm. but most of these women are saying, I'm tired or I just don't feel well. So often weight loss is just another one of those factors that comes with this program. It's, you know, if you're gonna eat better, you're gonna move more and you're gonna stress less, well shoot, you're probably gonna lose a little weight if you were carrying any. So we're finding that really most of the women that I'm working with, that desire is actually connected to energy.
1: So you mentioned that you can start feeling better fast and that can give you a little bit of incentive to keep going Mm -hmm. and just a little bit of juice, but really that's the, the downslide can be slow and insidious. Like when you were talking about the cheesy bread, (laughs) (laughs) I could so relate. I mean, how many of us have had a big project and we've, you know, chosen to, uh, you know, eat for me. It was peanut M and M's when I was in uh-huh. college. Oh, I love those peanut M and M's. And you sit there typing a paper or whatever. We used to type on a typewriter, and the peanut M and M's would go down pretty fast. And before you know it, you've eaten a whole bag or whatever. Um, yeah. But that slow downslide, it it's slower and more insidious and less easy to realize that you're getting into this. So you mentioned earlier that you, you like to be the one to cut it off at the pass, or you didn't use those words, but that that's what I heard. Um, so how do we do that? How do we sort of, uh, you know, snap ourselves out of it when we start to have that downslide? Because life goes in cycles. We know it, you know?
0: Yeah. And you know what? I, I want to be really clear here. There's nothing wrong with cheesy bread, peanut butter, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Nothing
1: wrong. It's pretty fantastic, actually. They're <laughs>
0: wonderful. I you know. Junk food is fun. <laughs> and you don't need to live this lifestyle that is overall healthy. There's plenty of room for that stuff. So the perfectionism and cutting all that stuff out is not helpful because the downslides, yes, you can cut them off by stopping junk food or, you know, getting up and moving. But you know, zero to 60 is a preferred way for a lot of us who, mm-hmm. <laughs> who achieve a lot, mm-hmm. but it's not the best. You need to leave room in your life for the fun stuff for the day where you don't get out of bed because you're flopped watching Netflix and eating m M&M. and So anyway, that said, <laughs> that's not what you asked me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cutting it off at the past, cutting okay. it off at the past, like getting it Getting it before before it gets to, I, I kind of am a fan of that, actually. like oh, me being, too. Yeah. So
0: being aware of what you do. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we find when we're busy, we multitask. you If you're eating in the car or, you know, not to knock that, but if you're eating in the car or you are wolfing something down or you're just trying to survive day to day be aware of what you're doing. Even if you are aware and you're just like I am eating TV bread for a dinner. Okay. Fine. But be aware of what you're putting in your mouth, what your activity levels, how you feel. And just that awareness is first. And you know, I I always recommend mindful eating practices where you slow down, you pay attention to what you're eating, you do it undistracted. Eventually you don't have to be that regimented with it but sometimes just getting that practice of actually sitting there and eating with no distractions or relaxing without multitasking like you can actually just sit down on your deck or your patio and just enjoy something for 10 minutes just sit out there and just enjoy so slowing down is one way that I find to just like halt what's going on Another thing that I suggest, especially if you're starting to feel guilt or negative feelings or stuff that we call cognitive error, where you are circumventing your own logic here. So here's an example that I use all the time with this. When I was overweight and I was trying to fix it, I was at the gym and I was working out in front of a mirror. And I spent the whole time, instead of just doing my workout and listening to the music and doing my thing, I spent the whole time looking at myself being like, you are so disgusting. Oh, God, how did you let yourself get to this point? And then I was like, what if you heard someone else saying that? What if this lady next to you were saying that out loud about herself? You'd be horrified. So that was one of those points where I cut off the sort of downslide into negativity right there and said, okay. First of all, is this true? That's the first thing you do with cognitive Mm -hmm. behavior therapy, CBT. And it's Mm -hmm. a methodology that's used in a lot of behavior change. So when you're trying to change how you live your life. So what you do is you're just like, all right, is this true? Objectively, is this true? And you know what? Yeah, I was a little gross. Okay. Is this helpful? No, it was not helpful because I couldn't do anything about not looking how I wanted right then. There was nothing I could do to solve the problem completely. So then you say, okay, what can I do right now to change things around so I can keep moving on with my life and be productive? What I could do was turn around and not look in the mirror and just do my stupid workout. (laughs) That was, I find that using just that little, that's only a tiny slice of cognitive behavior therapy, but Using that little tool where you start to feel yourself being like, even if you're just like, Ooh, I'm gonna be bad and have a piece of cake. Stop what you're saying and are you being bad or are you allowed to have a treat? Is this helpful? Yeah, you flip the script. Flip
1: the yeah. script. Yeah, flip the script, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So a lot of it is your thinking. You slow down, you stop what you're doing. And that could be for a downside with a behavior such as what you're eating or sitting around. And it can also be for that negative voice that somehow creeps in with these really awesome women. They have a really loud negative voice for some Mm -hmm. reason. And think about, you know, what if that lady next to you were saying that? What would you say to her? You'd think it was ridiculous, probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We got to cut ourselves some slack. Let's just say.
0: Exactly. Give yourself (laughs) some grace. You're already awesome. Yeah. Like, you've already... You've done so much in your life to get where you are today. Everything you did, even just to be alive right now, you have done miraculous things. So give yourself some grace.
1: And this is where yoga and meditation practices and whatever you can, whatever works for you, even just three deep breaths. It's three deep breaths before you do anything, eat, before you have a conversation, before you make a phone call. I mean, it's just so helpful to be present. Um,
0: Just give yourself a moment. Stop mm -hmm. everything and just give yourself a moment. That's what I, that's a lot of my clients are also anxious. Shocker. mm -hmm. So I always recommend that just stop, just do some breathing exercises, even if it's three deep breaths or get up and walk around, just do a lap around the office Mm -hmm. or bend over and touch your toes. Do something that completely stops what you're doing and changes things physically
1: and mentally at the same time yeah brush your teeth
0: wow <laughs> yeah, that's a good one like, t-
1: <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that I was just like oh yeah I don't think I did after I had lunch so yeah I could that's probably I tip. probably need to um I no, want to I want to give all your information so that people can um look at your website and look at your book and maybe even work with you if they're interested um yeah and of course, if anyone has, um, if anyone is dealing with any kind of eating disorder, which you have so honestly talked about, um, they can reach out to you and I'm sure you have many resources for that. But before we do, I'd like to just touch on briefly, um, why it's important to have a why and why it's important to have a, like, why am I, why am I looking to make these changes? And, And sort of tapping into the inner the deepest part of ourselves I like to call it the soul that is Mm -hmm. that is really driving our um our perfection I guess our our need to achieve like we're all we're all a little bit different but we all have this this soul that we came to this planet with and I I think for a lot of us That why is super important. That like, why are we driven to do the things we're we're doing and how to tap into that?
0: Yeah, Uh, the why, there are a couple different directions I take on that whole why, that like deep reasoning. Mm -hmm. First of all, when you're setting your goals initially for anything in life, health, whatever it is, work, life, anything, when you're setting those goals, you have a finite amount of energy and time. So even from the most practical standpoint, figure out why you're doing something like I, I use the example, a lot of people who for some reason decide they want to run a marathon. A lot of people that is like the fitness goal they come up with. And my first question is always why, you know, what I mean, <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, why? But truly like, why do you want to do that? And often it just sounds like, Oh, it just sounds like a challenge or my friend did it. My sister did it. It's never because something, something, good reason. So anything that you're setting out to do, just from an efficiency standpoint, there has to be a good reason for it. You know, Otherwise, you're, you're really wasting your energy and time. But from a more soulful version, tapping into your actual reason why you want to do something, why you behave a certain way, really what is behind everything you think you can do. It's critical for you to be checking in with yourself routinely. This is not something where you think about it before you set a goal and then never again. Every day, if you can take a moment to meditate on the real reason you're doing things, it will help you with your motivation and honestly a little bit with your energy level too, because you can kind of see the point. You know, a lot of us, if we don't see the point, the reason, the finish line, it gets very hard. So along with that why, don't just think about because I want to be better than whoever else or I want to look good. Get really deep. Like, what will you feel like? What will change? You know, for weight loss, it's never because I want to lose weight and be healthier. It's never that. It's because I'm tired walking upstairs, because I hate opening up my closet and nothing fits. I just want to put on clothes and walk out. There's always a reason. And if it seems even a little bit vain to you, don't worry about it. Your reasoning is unique and it's special and it's completely legitimate and fair for you to have. Mm. So do the efficiency check and do that more soulful check because you're not gonna be aligned with your goals and your motivation and how you wanna spend your life if you don't connect to why you want to do things and why you're doing things period.
1: Mm. I love that. I love that question. I have recently decided I haven't shared this on the podcast and maybe the reason my podcast takes a little hiatus, but I am going to go through the discernment process to possibly um, go through uh, ordination. And my um, why is because I have a lot of love to give and I'm at an age where my children are grown and I have um, the time for it and I have a real heart for um God, yeah. and I—I'm call I feel that there may be. I have—I've had some discussions with some of my um, uh, mentors, and we've agreed that there's a possibility that I'm maybe having that call. And so this fall, that's what I'm going to do. And um, that's a really big why, <laughs> and it scares yeah. me. And I'm—I've made a decision. I'm not going to get attached to any. Um, final outcome I'm just going to go through it and see because I think I'm I'm kind of in love with the mysteriousness of the uh, the whole process yeah so um yeah I'm really I'm I'm a little bit excited about that but I I had to really do some soul searching and really um go deep to uncover that and I kind of think I've that's another thing I've procrastinated about because I it's been happening for a while so people were asking me to do their weddings and had a couple I've done a couple funerals and now I'm like well I don't know anyway so we'll see
0: when you say procrastination I people seem to see procrastination as a bad thing I think it's just a sign that you need to be really clear on things Mm
1: -hmm. and thank you
0: a little bit of time and you know what? I think it's wonderful I and what better why than, well, it's God calling
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, oh, okay. I mean, I that's know. what I want. I just want to be in that place as much as I can, where I am hearing, hearing in quotes, I'm saying that yeah. quotes where I, where my highest good is and how I can help and how I can be of service and, you know, all those good things. So um, yeah. I like, I just want to go back to what you said in the beginning, which we are and I am I'll, I'll make it personal exactly where I need to be. So I'll just, even that MRI today was perfect. So thank you, Kelly. You straightened me out just in this 40 minute conversation. So oh, no, good.
2: <laughs>
1: so if somebody wants to get in touch with you, read your book, check out your uh, website, how can they find you?
0: Well, I am all over the place. So we'll start with my website is serona.com and that's T S. I-R-O-N-A.
1: What does that and, stand for? So we can well, remember that.
0: It's, it's the Celtic goddess of health.
1: <sighs> of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, why not? I can't take credit for that name. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. <laughs> That's
1: great. Yeah, I love it.
0: And then he added a T for jazziness.
1: <laughs> Very nice. I love it. Okay, so go ahead. What else?
0: So I'm also on social media all over the place. So I'm on Instagram at Serona Health. Remember, Serona's with a T. And Facebook, you can search for me under Serona Health Coaching. And you can also find me, my personal accounts on LinkedIn and on Facebook under Kelly Vandersloos with a V Morgan. And I'm happy to connect with anybody any way you want to. And my book you can find on my website. There's a place where you can check that out too. So do look at that. It's my whole program I talked about here.
1: And if you're at George Mason University, you can take your class,
0: right? Please take my class. (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's cool that's very cool well thank you so much professor I'm so glad to talk to you and um, yeah I hope we can meet I was uh, we have a mutual friend Jacqueline and she was saying we should go to lunch so so, hopefully, She's the most delightful person. Try to, I know, isn't she so sweet? I was with her yesterday. So, anyway, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for sharing all this good information and hopefully inspiring um, someone to make some changes so they can live happier and healthier because that's why we're, that's one of our whys, right? Sure so, awesome. Thanks, Kelly.
2: Thank yeah. In my mind, I'm. sunshine. Can't you just feel the moon shine? Ain't just like a friend of mine to hit me from behind? Guess I'm gone to Carolina in my mind. Karen, she's a silver sun. You best walk her away and watch it shine. Watch her Still Last night, I think I might have heard the highway calling Geese in flight and dogs that bite the Signs it might be omens Say I'm going, I'm going forgive me If I'm up and gone to Carolina in my mind In my mind I'm gone to Carolina Can't you see the sunshine Can't you just feel the moonshine Ain't it just like a friend I guess I'm gone. Yeah. Cal-